Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. <laughs> and then they're like, you mean there, there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like, nobody said, oh, you know, here, you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. Jump in both feet, because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Hi, my name is Victoria Atkin, and you're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast. Today, I have a wonderful woman on this podcast who has been directing in this amazing field. Can you tell us what your name is and where you grew up, please? My name is Caroline Livingstone, and I was born in England and moved to Canada, uh, Toronto, and then landed in Edmonton, Alberta. I've been here for most of my life. And can you tell us what you do, your professional title, and where you work? I work at Electronic Arts slash Bioware as a creative performance director and producer. I'm responsible for producing and directing voiceover, performance capture, and motion capture at Bioware. So this is one of my favorite questions to ask our guests because I feel like it has an expansive answer. So there's no right or wrong answer, but it's just uh, it's interesting to hear everybody's uh, take on it. How would you best describe performance capture? Well, technically, performance capture is a method of capturing data and the voice and the face at the same time. It's different than motion capture because we are capturing the face and the, and the voice, so it gives this authentic performance. It's not a fractured performance that you often find with just motion capture. You're shooting whole scenes, so you're getting this full performance with multiple actors in one scene, whereas in the past, it's been kind of more fractured. You add the VO and the motion capture kind of separately and hope it all kind of falls together and looks beautiful. And now we've got to this place where, no, we can get five people on stage together and actually create this um, true, authentic performance and tell a story together. I noticed that you've been, and correct me if I'm wrong, at BioWare nearly 14 years. How did you first discover performance capture? And how did you first become involved in that? And my big question is, how did you move over from directing voice to performance capture? Or was it just an organic process that happened as things progressed? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm coming on 15 years now at BioWare. Um, you know, I started, I was a VO actor, believe it or not, Neverwinter Nights. I played the healer for anyone who wants to get in there. And then it just progressed into directing VO. And then it naturally just turned into, you know, what are the next progressions of how we're telling stories at Bioware and, and performance capture was, was, was the next thing we were walking toward for Mass Effect Andromeda. I got to interject there with the voice actor to voice director. You, you just said, oh, yeah, just it just happened. I don't know if that like there's so many voiceover actors. That I'm sure listening to this like oh, I'd love to direct. How, how did that just happen? Like, was there a conversation on that project? Were you hired through an agent or manager? And then then Bioware says, hey, we, we want you. How, how did that steer? So I have a whole history of theater. I was a theater actor for years and 
Um, I had a friend, Shauna Perry, who reached out and said, would you like to direct some BO for Jade Empire? And I said, yes, yes, I would like to do that. And then it just snowballed into what it is now. I love working with actors. I love directing and peeling things apart and putting them together. So it's, I mean, it's been a real journey for me. Can you tell us your favorite thing about motion capture? I was watching a really fantastic interview with you and you talked about how you enjoy the first uh, day of shooting or day of rehearsals maybe with the actors and the playtime and learning what actors need from from you and how to facilitate that. But maybe that's not your favorite thing, but that, that sounded like you enjoyed that. Could you Could you tell us your favorite thing about motion capture when you get assigned a new project? Um, how does that work and, and what? What's the bit you get excited about? It's hard to pick a favorite thing. I mean, I love I love casting. I love finding a group of people that I know are going to work really well together. Absolutely, the first time that that they do come together and you see how they they're singing with one another, you know, uh, how their energies work together. Um, that's always such a blast for me to witness because you just don't know, right? You can you can hire people and then walk into the room and. Uh oh, that person's not going to get along with that person. I mean, knock on wood, that's never happened to me. But um, so from casting to that first day, absolutely. And then, of course, like the days, the actual days you're shooting, you've done it, so you understand the fire, the the fire that it is. You know, there's it's it's fast. Uh, people have to be adaptable to what's going on. People have to be aware of their surroundings. People have to have these huge imaginations and great stamina and flexibility. Um, so just that is an adrenaline, adrenaline rush in itself for me as well. It's just the day of the shoot day, right? Sure. There's all that prep, but the shoot day is very fun for me. Do you often get, um, to some projects I I've had rehearsals on and other projects I, you know, we just get, get straight into it depending on what it is. Will you for a brand new franchise or a process or a new game, will you have rehearsal times with the actors before you start shooting? It's really dependent on the readiness of the content, right? So yeah, definitely. Like on Anthem, we did like a table read, and then we went away, and there were lots of rewrites. With COVID, we've been doing Zoom rehearsals, which is challenging. That's madness, right? I I did that. <laughs> it's like it's it's a challenge for everybody involved, but but the fact that it can, we can still do it has been amazing that we could still make this happen and make these projects happen. Yeah, I, I, I did that during COVID in Zoom. It's, it's tricky. It, it must be really hard for a director. A hundred percent. I mean, we just have to focus on our part. But for you, you've got to manage. I, mean, I don't know how you even coordinate the Zoom with all these actors. On there. There's so many people helping for sure. But it is it is important that you just know what they need to ingest before the shoot, right? Because let's face it, Bioware games are massive <laughs> and they're not necessarily going to know have to know every single, you know, uh, Dragon Age. They don't need to know all the lore. They don't need to know every setting. They don't need to know every character. Basically, your job is just to understand what you have to bring to the table on that day and how are you telling the story and how are you progressing the story forward and not overwhelm the actor with lore and 
this is what's happened before and this is what will happen after. It's like, what are we telling today? What's the story we're telling today? And then our job is to make sure that we're pacing it accurately, right? So that it fits into the right holes. Because of course, we're not shooting linearly, right? You understand that. It's just whatever is available, we're shooting that content. We need to know where it is in the game. We, as a production team, need to know where it is in the game. And we need to ensure that the actors are aware of that, but not so much that it's overwhelming. I find that if, uh, for me in particular, if I know too much about this world, it, it distracts me from my objectives and what my character needs and wants. And and that for me is a very human level. And even though these characters will fit into a game, like you said, when it's overloaded with that, it kind of takes up a lot of energy and a lot of space that maybe isn't always necessary um, for for the moment and for the human experience of the relationship with the characters and where they are and how they're living living their life. As a director, you have to understand that each actor is different. Like some actors want to know everything. And then some actors are like, well, some actors know the franchise too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Like I'm working with someone <laughs> who knows it more than we do. But some people who are like, I don't, Please don't fill up my brain. I just need to know my objective. What am I trying to get in? The, what, what do we want to have happen in the scene? What's my blocking? And then there are some people who are like, but okay, what, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean when it goes into gameplay? Like, where do I, when you say you're clicking on the table, what does that mean? And then you really have to like be gracious and make sure that they understand exactly what we're looking for and what we're asking them to do without, over, without overwhelming them. It's a really fine balance. I have a lot of actors that, you know, uh, on camera and voiceover and, and, and are wanting to move into this medium. And I think that that's the first day you do performance capture. I mean, it's just, it is overwhelming because you don't, you know, you're not used to being in the suit or with the headgear or the face and the dots and the cameras. And how do you, you know, I had people ask me, you're like, do I favor? And you're like, no, you're 360. There's no favoring <laughs> like yeah. anything. The camera could be anywhere. Yeah, that stuff and the preparation you know, and really feeling solid, I, th I think, in, in, in your character, knowing that bit, because you already have so much other things to deal with on the first day if you've never done it before as well, which I, I know there's a lot of talent coming from on camera um, that are moving into the medium that are fantastic actors, but they haven't quite done this yet. So that takes a minute to get into the groove and <laughs> and find find comfort zone a little bit in in that as if you would tv and film or wherever the experience has come from before so yeah it's interesting when i first did assassin's creed and i'd never been in a suit before i'd never done any of that i didn't know what gameplay was i didn't know what an idol was i didn't <laughs> didn't know all of these things so the first you know week or two was explaining how i you know and then after we'd been on we'd been on you know, nine to five every day for a couple of weeks. So, oh, okay, I know what that is. And now when I go into a game, I have that knowledge. But can you tell us an experience that you've enjoyed on the performance capture stage? Maybe we have stories, funny things that have happened or happy accidents or serendipitous moments. I don't know. Has there been anything that you, um, or, or just a particular project that you really, really enjoyed working on? I mean, I guess I could give you an example, working with TJ Romini, who he was on Anthem with us and he played Owen and he was playing this scene. And then we just kind of had a sidebar. This was before Zoom and COVID. And we just had a sidebar and I said, uh, what if, what if we made Owen a virgin and he was in love with this character? And it was just like, 
yes. And he just rolled with that and like took it on a whole journey and just watching that unfold and then watching how, when we brought it back to the studio and then the writers were like, Oh, that's really cool. Let's lean into that. Let's, let's write around that. And it was never, it was never spoken. It was just like understanding that layer of that character and what he, what it did to TJ as a, as a performer was just amazing to watch. And probably moments that were just so wonderful that just have merged and, and I, I have that. I, I probably couldn't, if somebody asked me that question, I probably could be like, oh, I don't know. It's just, that whole experience was awesome. Mm -hmm. The casting process when you're in, uh, two questions, the casting process when you're involved with actors, what would your advice be to a, let's, you know, we just talked about actors that have been on the peak up stage, actors that haven't. Um, would you, would you advise anything different when they're in the room casting for this or maybe at the moment on Zoom? or sending a self-tape, like what difference that they would do for on-camera for performance capture? Is there anything different that you would add or you would say stands out when they walk in for you? For me, it's really about, like, of course you have to be talented. You have to be able to do voice work. You have to be in your body. You have to be able to take direction. But for me, a lot of it comes down to when you walk in the room, do I feel like you could handle chaos? If something goes off the rails on the set, are you going to be able to keep it together and stay grounded and support your fellow team members, be it the makeup artist or the sound artist or the, the technicians? You know, that's the thing with performance captures. Things go sideways and you need a group of people around who are experts in their field, who are just listening to one another and being gracious with one another and compassionate. I absolutely love that. I've, I've talked about that before and there seems to be, and I read one of the things I love and we've had many people comment on this is the ego and the arrogance doesn't seem to be living too much in this world because it can't, because we're just, as actors, we're a tiny piece of a massive puzzle. There's no stars, you know, there's no star in this, you know, and no. for most of us, you know, if we're rehearsing a game, we might not be playing the lead and we might be just standing in for different parts. You know, I've been working on multiple games where I've been standing in for the lead whilst they're doing something else and bringing their motion capture to life. And you can't, I mean, you can't hold on to these things. And the process is an ensemble, you're growing, you're playing, you're hopping in and out of different characters, different roles, and that's the fun of it. But if you're so rigid and stuck to you know, I, I love it so much because it reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me of going back into those imaginary games, you know, setting up camp and building it and playing, you know, and being whoever I want to be. And the thing that I loved about Assassin's Creed was that I was in Victorian London. And I, my favorite part is the research of the process. You know, I got to research Victorian London and what happened and Charles Dickens and Florence Nightingale and all these people and that I got to, I got to have the experience of meeting them in my imagination. And, and that, that stuff is, yeah, like you say, it has to be people that just want to play and it has to be a yes game. You know, they can't be like, well, my character wouldn't do that or my character would, you know, it's, well, you're not going to play that. You're going to play this now and let's jump in here. Um, so I love that. And I think that's a, it's an amazing piece of advice. Thank you. Yeah. Check your ego at the door for sure. Because there, I mean, let's, let's, let's be clear. You, you strap on, <laughs> that's a you know, you strap on a unitard. You know, then you put this head mounted thing like you can't have an ego. You can only say yes. Right. You can only Once say you get yes. in that light where your ego, is, your ego has to go. <laughs> yeah. You just can't have it. Can't enter the room. 
I think we might have touched upon this a little bit, but let's let's go into a little bit more detail about Bioware and um, how games and voiceover and performance capture requirements have evolved over the last several years. How have, I mean, you've seen it, you've been at the same company, which I know a lot of people kind of dip in and out of different com- companies. And it's amazing to see that you've, you know, you've, stu- you've stayed with Bioware and that you've developed multiple different, you know, games. During your tenure at Bioware, could you describe how performance requirements have evolved over the last several years? When I started, we did VO mainly. So we relied heavily on the VO. And now we've gotten to a place where we're leaning more into motion capture and performance capture to pull out full performances from people. So I think like the immersion changes, because I, I I feel like once you see that the scene has been done by a group of actors, you're, you're, you're more invested in it. Does that make sense? Like you're more invested in that character because you see their face and you see, and the, the, the voice is matching what the face is doing. And I think previously it was the voice had to carry so much because you didn't see that you didn't see as much expression on the face. And now we're getting that that blast of realism. So I think it makes the games more immersive and I think people invest more heavily into our characters. Yeah, and I guess the technology is growing and improving, you know, computer games and film even, you know, was was a different was a different thing yeah. even 10 years ago yeah. to where it is now and and I think the cinematic uh, look of things, you know, more films are using this technology and games are looking more film. Uh, one of our guests before, Damien Gordon, said that this is the future of film. And perhaps perhaps it is. Only time will tell. How do you perceive the future of performance capture? Do you see the dots going away? What about that? Do you see that we'll move into an area? Are you using facial scans at, at Bioware and things like that now? Yeah, we, we do head scans, but we don't do one-to-one. Or very rarely we do one-to-one. But... I, I mean, I see the dots going off the faces for sure. I think that we're gonna we're gonna progress away from dots on faces. Whether or not we progress from you know the the dots on the body, I don't I don't know. I mean, I imagine there's a world where it's just going to be full sensor body suits. So, can you just explain to the listeners what what you mean by one to one for anybody that doesn't know what you're talking about on that? By one to one, I mean like I would cast an actor scan their face, use their voice, use their body. You're capturing, you're using their face as well. You don't do that? No, we do not do that. So you have different models for a face scan. That's right. And then you have different models for the performance capture. That's right. We have models for the head scans Mm -hmm. and then we capture the face and that goes onto that rig. Oh, wow. So that's that's all, you've always done that. You've never had your lead actor is the lookalike for the... Who's doing the performance of that? We've never done one-to-one for performance capture. Is there any particular reason for that? Or you just prefer that? I think it's just the way our timelines work and our roadmaps work. It just never works out. Oh, okay. So when art's ready and when we're ready, it just never has lined up. So we treat it separately. We're seeing more and more uh, what I call star names moving into um, performance capture now, and they're using... Um, different stars to raise the profile of different games. We've seen this over time, but it's it seems to be more prominent these days, particularly now after COVID, because 
everybody knows that you can continue working in performance capture when other things perhaps have stalled. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether you worked with him directly, but I know that uh, Tim Curry was part of Dragon Age. So that was really interesting for me to see. And then obviously you've worked with Natalie Dormer and some big names that are in the voiceover world, like Steve Bloom and Claudia Black. What do you think about that? How do you perceive stars coming into this? Or do you just think it's whoever's the right person for the job? Do you look for that? Are you looking for names to, as Bioware, looking for names to come into it? Or do you have your hub of people? I really do throw the net out wide. And oftentimes I just say, I really, I really want that person. Like for Mass Effect, the uh, elusive man, Martin Sheen, like that is a, that should be played by Martin Sheen. Like for me, it's like what voice is going to work in that character. Here's the thing. I, I, I think it's, fine but there's 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 something to be said about seasoned performance actors and voice actors right like they it's 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 a tool it's a a tool in your belt right sure you could say oh we really want brad pitt in this part it's like yeah but have you explained to him that he's got to strap on a unitard and then (laughs) wear like a a helmet for his performance like what is that going to be like for him (laughs) so do we really want brad pitt or can we can we can we just not <laughs> can like, we just not that? have Brad Pitt? I don't know if you're gonna say that, Caroline. <laughs> but... well, I would. Like for me it's more it's more about like who's gonna who's going to be able to handle it and, and give us an authentic performance in these strange circumstances, right? And they are strange circumstances and, and it's weird that that if, that you know the people that have done this a while you know we all start somewhere obviously but that we get used to that and that's that's this unitard and the, the you know the dots and all this stuff is normal for us now which is kind of funny and can I just say just in case Brad's listening I'm coming for you you know <laughs> we're doing this you are on a list <laughs> yes <laughs> that's going to be the opening of this episode just if Brad's listening <laughs> When did Bioware enter the field of performance capture rather than voiceover? What year was that? That was Mass Effect Andromeda, so I'm not even sure what year that was. Mm-hmm. I want to say six years ago. That's where we ventured into it. Yeah, my one of my final questions is, what advice would you give to people that are listening that would like to get into performance capture directing or voice directing um, in games? What advice, you know? If now from your experience, how would they start? Where would they go? What, you know, what advice would you give them? The advice I would give anyone who is going to look into directing this type of work is take acting classes. Understand what an actor goes through. Understand how they need to be directed. Oftentimes I find that people think that it's easy to direct an actor because you just tell them what to do. And it's just never about that. It's more about understanding how each actor and every actor is different, understanding how each actor moves through the world and moves through their process and then, and be really accepting of it. That's the other thing. How every, how, how each actor wants to be directed. Everyone is different and you just have to be really gracious and, compassionate for their journey i think that's what involves a good director um somebody could direct and just tell you what to do but that you might not get the same results and you've had a host of you know accolades and recognition from your peers 
you know, uh, saying how amazing you are at getting the great, great performances out of the characters and the games speak for themselves and the characters speak for themselves that you've done a great job of that. So I guess that's, you know, that respect and that uh, surrendering to people's process and that gracious uh, behavior is, you know, probably what gets you such great performances. How can we find you? Is there any way people can get in touch if they want to reach out to you? Are you on LinkedIn? I am on LinkedIn. And then I think like I'm on Twitter as well, but it, I don't know. See Livingstone, I think. I don't, aren't I terrible? I'm not a social person. Media they, have person. To, they have to book a job at BioWare. I'll give you my snap. <laughs> I'm going to give you my Snapchat. There's my snap. <laughs> My MSN messenger. <laughs> <laughs> you I've got my old Nokia, Nokia 33 number. <laughs> Well, I think they just have to get a job at Bioware and uh, an audition for you, or you know, or work or work with you somehow. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and and uh, and LinkedIn for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure beginning to get to know you, and I hope we get to have you on here more often and and uh, I get to work with you in the future. So, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. That was really fun. Thank you for listening. Victoria now hosts online classes for students worldwide. To learn more about how to work in the performance capture industry as an actor, visit www.victoriaatkin.com forward slash classes to find out more. The Performance Capture podcast was recorded and edited at Soundbox Studios in Los Angeles. Soundbox LA is the founding studio in the Soundbox Studio Group collective of talent-owned and operated boutique voiceover studios with multiple locations in the Los Angeles area and Southern Colorado. You can find out more at soundbox.la. This podcast could not be made without the efforts of many people. We'd like to thank our guests, my fellow producer Bethany Monroe, our social media manager Bailey Reeves, and the amazing team at Soundbox Studio Group, Tim Friedlander and Ryan Riveros. The multi-talented Ryan is also the composer of our theme music. 